oh man denver this is uh it's, it's been great you know hanging out with you i'm glad that you're able to come and join me for breakfast today oh yeah thank you for taking me to the denny's you know it looks like they've got a, a couple of grand slam options here are you uh you feeling pretty hungry today i was grand slammed once by the grand wizard of the kkk the year was 1865 I was 19. I was playing with the Grand Wizard's son. We were friends. And then he came in and beat me with a cross. The cross was on fire. And he beat me. And that's why I can't eat Grand Slams anymore. So wait, you say you don't want one? Because, you know, like, these are pretty good. I think I'm, I'm going to get one. You know, I mean, they also have pancakes, if that's... What you're more in the mood for? That reminds me of a story. I held up a bus at gunpoint because I didn't have any money. I was once a sharecropper. I looked down at my cell phone and I said, these sharecropping, these cotton stocks ain't going up. So I got to hold up a bus. They arrested me that day. Oh. Oh, were you saying something? I, you know, I, I think I'll just order for for both of us here. Uh, let's get to grand. Oh wait, I, yeah, the grand slam. Uh, can we just get like three orders of, you know, just the highest stack of pancakes that you got? Thanks. Stack. I was stacked on a slave ship. The year was seventeen thirty four. I was twelve. I had never been to America before. And they beat me. And that's when I picked up this here baseball bat and vowed to beat every white person that ever looked at me wrong. Oh, you know what? That is a good point. We should. Do you want to go to a baseball game today? I think the Rangers are in town. That should be a pretty fun. I don't like baseball. All right. You can't save us. We don't want to be saved. You can't save us. We don't want to be saved. You can't save us. We don't want to be saved. You can't save us. We don't want to be saved. You can't save us. We don't want to be saved. You can't save us. We don't want to be saved. You can't save us. We don't want to be saved. You can't save us. We don't want to be saved. Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of White People Won't Save You. This is a podcast where we deconstruct these white savior films and we recontextualize them through a black and POC lens. I am one of your hosts, Jordan Clark. And I'm the other one, Cameron Mason. And we've got <laughs> we got another movie for y'all. Um, <laughs> and this one is this is our first Christian movie, I think. I don't yeah. know if there's going to be more of these. I hope there's not. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> um. But we, we also have a very special guest with us today. Um, she does a lot of different things. She's a filmmaker, videographer. Uh, she is officially part of the Black Twitter Illuminati. Um, <laughs> and you might also know her for her for her the Underground Railroad uh, TikTok series. Um, this is Miss Kalisha Prince. Hey y'all. What did it do? Kalisha, how are you? How are you doing? I'm amazing. I am um 
little concerned about this unseasonably warm weather. Mm. But outside of that, yeah. I'm fantastic. You mm. know, that's, that's Corona what, is 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 uh still you know touching yeah. everybody, <laughs> but it's 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 okay i guess yeah it's full it's full jadica season it's still outside it's still waiting for us <laughs> when we get out there but yeah, i don't know why we still outside <laughs> <laughs> well kalisha i i gave you a list of movies to choose from and you came back with which film same kind of different as me Oof. what was it that <laughs> made you choose this movie in particular because I don't want peace. I only want problems. <laughs> That's why. Um, I saw the, so it's one of the films that I saw um, a trailer for a long time ago. And when I saw the trailer, I was like, I am never going to watch this. Because why? This is dumb. So when I saw on your list, I was like, okay, this is my opportunity. And I did not know it was a Christian film. Me either. Um, so... That was that was a surprise, yeah. <laughs> but um, but I I got why it was, and um, it 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 was uh, well we'll we'll get into it. But um, shout out to Jaiman Hansu, who's just always going to be that guy in the movie, huh? This is his second appearance here. This is his third appearance, if you count Stargate. Oh my gosh! Yes, was, this is yeah. third appearance. And I don't, I don't know if we can count Stargate because Stargate was no, kind of like he's in it. He's he's, he's like in, in the it. opening he credits. He's in the opening credits, right? But and he's, he's like just Jimon in that he's one. Like, he's, he's he yeah. doesn't even have a last name then. Yeah. Well, and he's got at least one more because he's on Blood Diamonds, which oh, we're gonna do God. eventually. So, how is um, Jimon Hansu the guy out here apologizing for white people? Look, we're gonna talk about it because I, I already <laughs> gave you my theory during Amistad, but I think oh, we're yeah. gonna revisit that theory <laughs> yeah. here. Oh um, man. All right. But just just a little bit about this movie. As we said before, this is a Christian drama, which I don't think I've ever watched a Christian movie by choice before. Yeah, like, I don't think I have either, like, actually. Like not by choice. Yeah, definitely not by choice. That we're like, and uh, I mean, they're a, they're a thing, you know, like they make money. People go to see them. Um, well, this one was didn't. the one. This one did not. This one did not. That was like about the dog. Wasn't there a dog one that came out recently that was like. Oh, the dog that. Oh, um, is that a dog's life? Is that that? I think so. The one where it's like like the dog is reincarnated as other dogs. Yeah. (laughs) Which is like not even. Oh, my God. Pick pick a lane, y'all. Pick a lane. (laughs) I can't do um, animal movies. They're too emotionally manipulated for me. I don't want to cry over a dead dog well, bro. like it's too much they know how to get you yeah well this movie came out in 2017 it had a, a 6.5 million dollar budget which is surprising um but <laughs> then it only made 6.4 million dollars at the box office wow, um, wow. it's based on a book of the same name some kind of different as me by ron hall um and it is directed by uh Michael Carney, who this is his first movie and mm. almost his last movie. He's, he's got another movie after this, but this, I mm. guess, did not really uh, endear him much to Hollywood people with money. But it, the movie stars Greg Kinnear, it stars Renee Zellweger, it stars Jaiman Hansu. John Voight just shows up, I guess, just to <laughs> get a check. Just to be racist. Just to be uh, racist. Yeah. But Cameron, go ahead and, and let's see if we can get these five minutes in. I'm going to get our timer God. ready to go. 
All I right. feel like you should be able to do this. I am. I'm rooting for you. You know. Hey man, I'm just here to get I these jokes like, off, man. <laughs> I mean, even I, if it's that, <laughs> even if I got the jokes in here, I think I might. I think I might hit it. I it's believe it's simple. a new. It, it's a new year, new new us. You know, we're we're That's trying right. new things. That's right. So, all right, let me know when you're ready, and I'll go ahead and get this started. All right, I'm ready when you are. All right, three, two, one. All right, same kind of different as me, okay? So uh, we got art dealer Ron Hall, who wrote the book. Um, he's going to his, we meet him when he's going to his friend uh, Julio's Texas mansion to write his magnum opus, right? All right, he's go- and he's, he's talking to the maid Willow, and uh, he says he, his book is a true story. And we're taken from the mansion to two years earlier when Ron has told his wife, Deborah, of an affair that he's been having and they're arguing it's not going well and after some time to herself she decides to give ron another chance she she calls the other woman (laughs) right there on the spot (laughs) and then forgives her like a good christian woman (laughs) and tells ron that he has to choose her he has the choice to choose her but only if he helps her at the local homeless shelter that she volunteers at Okay, so Ron goes to the shelter. He's not feeling it. He asks if he's going to get like the infectious diseases from the dirty dishes. <laughs> One of the cooks tells him that, you know, he currently lives at the center and, you know, he used to have a wife and a kid, you know, wife and kids before, you know, death and grief took his lifestyle from him. Uh, just then, boom, in bus our boy, Academy Award nominee, Jaiman Hansu with a big old baseball bat. And he's angry for no reason. He, for real, he's just mad. <laughs> He flips the table. Busts I mean, the allegedly, door. somebody took his shoes. But <laughs> allegedly, I mean, <laughs> it's never, it's never sorted out. A lot of barefoot. This character, by the way, a lot of barefoot. This character in this movie. So he's he's in the cafeteria. He busts a glass window out. He listened to some Jasmine Sullivan before he got in there, and <laughs> uh, Deborah's like, "Yo, Ron, my husband. We have to befriend that man. That man has to be in our life." And Ron is like, "Who? Me?" And so the man, we find out his name is Denver. Uh, and through a flashback, oh, we no, learn no, no. before just time up. Before that, we find out Go his name it. is Suicide. Oh, yeah, yeah, no, you're right. Oh, because what was that? Oh. <laughs> and it's only a name that they gave him. They gave him the name Suicide. And then Ron goes up to him and is like, hold up. I know your name ain't Suicide. And he's like, oh, it's Denver. In his yeah. weird African Southern accent. Yo, this movie doesn't give a shit about you. Okay, anyway. So, right, find out his name is Denver. It's not suicide. <laughs> and then we, like, immediately go to a flashback of his hard life where, oh my god, this movie has, A, a character named, if I see another big black man named Tiny again, it's gonna be too soon. Also, he had a big mama, and big mama died in a fire, and then he became a sharecropper. You know, like every other black origin story in a Christian movie, I guess. I don't know. This movie's wild. Uh, his white friend was like, yo, my dad's a Klansman. Let's go hang out in the barn and dress up like my dad and his friends and sword fight with crosses. This is the movie we watched, by the way. <laughs> Eventually, the Klan, you know, he's out. Denver's out on the road one day and he see, he's grown up now and he sees his white friend. He's like, oh, we used to play, you know, Klansman swords together. And his mother's like, keep it moving, nigger. 
And the KKK shows up at the very same moment and beats his ass. He's like, I'm out of here. We need to go. I need to go north. So he goes north. Wait, what town does he go to, by the way? Is it? Um, I forgot. I mean, he's leaving Louisiana. He's leaving Louisiana. Oh, so he, he's he's a, well, he's, I think he's still no, in Louisiana. He goes to he Shreveport. Goes to, he goes to Shreveport. He goes to Shreveport. So he doesn't even go up north. He just goes like a couple of miles up north. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, he goes to Shreveport and immediately takes his rusty gun, his rusty six shooter. He empties the bullets, though. He empties the bullets, but he holds up a bus and the cops are right there because duh, and he goes to jail. He goes to jail and uh, some people like beat his ass immediately. Uh, it's like the kind of jail where you're out. Th- oh, damn, I can do this. OK, so it's the kind of jail where they're, they're watching you. He's like, you know, uh, you know, uh, hoeing crops out by the road and uh, his fellow prisoners are watching him. So he, he kills those guys. Uh, <laughs> anyway, uh, we get out of this flashback and Debbie forgives him of his sins again, like a good Christian woman. But not before we find out Miss Debbie has cancer. Oh, no, no, she has cancer. Ron continues to visit Denver in his shack or his alley or behind the homeless shelter or whatever. And we also meet Ron's mom, Tammy, and his alcoholic tractor addicted father, Earl. Uh, Earl uh, loves saying nigger and, uh, you know, (laughs) suggests that Denver stay grace at the table during holiday dinner when they go over for uh, the the parents come for Christmas dinner. And uh, Earl's like, let Denver say grace. And, you know, Ron's like, you know, I don't like the way you coming up Denver and my wife. You're talking mad smack at my table. I need you out of here. So he's estranged from his father. It's it. Damn. All right. We'll keep going. We're we're almost there. We're this is the home stretch. So uh, Miss Debbie, her. This is what Denver calls her, Miss Debbie. Um, uh, Her cancer's ramping up, and uh, she's saying her last goodbyes to her kids. She has a daughter, Reagan, who plays tennis. And a son, Carson, who doesn't speak, but not because he's mute. <laughs> and he's in a lot of scenes that he never says a word. Just standing there. Just looking good. It's like they couldn't sign his SAG contract or something. Like, something didn't work out. It's weird. I don't know what happened. Um, but anyway, he's, she says her goodbyes. Uh, Debbie says to Ron, hey, you got a hall pass forever. After I die, you can do whatever you want even though you cheated on me and that's what set off this whole series of events. She dies after they dance in the moonlight. Oh, Ron dances with her in the moonlight and then Denver dances with her in the moonlight. And then she dies and they bury her in her field. Uh, Denver speaks at the funeral because again, we're all, all like the only things that Denver's really allowed to do is like speak and hit people with a baseball bat. And that's like his story as adult Denver in the movie. It's really weird. Anyway, he speaks at the funeral, and uh, then Ron stops visiting for a while. Uh, and then we flash back to the present where Ron has finished his book finally, and he leaves Julio's house to go find Denver and rekindle that friendship. They He finds him conveniently in that same old alley. Uh, he's just hanging there still. Denver is like, Ron, let's reconcile, you know, uh, re- reconcile with your father, man, like, Earl's not a bad guy. And he's like, no, he's a bad guy because he called you a nigger several times. And he's like, no, no, he's got some goodness in his heart. So he goes and finds the goodness in his around, finds the goodness in his father's heart. Uh, he gave up drinking because, you know, why not? There needed to be a win somewhere here. Yeah. And Ron and Denver go camping on that field that they buried his wife in. Uh, roll credits. Also, during the credits, 
you find out that Ron finished that book. He finished that book and they toured yeah. the country and told their story to millions and they built a church. And <laughs> that's the movie. <laughs> oh, this movie. I, I gave it more than it gave me, by the way. Yeah. We're about to talk about this movie probably more than it's ever been talked about. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, Truth. I mean, when I I got like 10 minutes into it and I was just like, Yes, what is this? Huh? This is whack. I can't get jiggy with this shit. <laughs> that's real. That's that's I, the honest feeling. I mean, a, a few things. So I, I, I guess if we're going to if we're going to double drop here for a second, because like. Can we Oh, it hits so it hits so good. <laughs> this is a this is a bad movie, <laughs> but it's also like a bad movie. This is a poorly made film. Yeah, right? like this is a movie yes. that, like, yeah. again, I guess this is this person's first like their directorial debut. Yeah, but, like it was clearly made by somebody who has no concept of like how a movie is paced or like mm-hmm. characters or it's written. So the screenplay is written by Ron Hall. Who wrote the book and is mm-hmm. you know, the lead character of the movie, um, but like with with the director, with the director yeah. and another guy, they needed another guy to bring the ship down. So like, it seems like the only direction given to Jaiman Hansu was just like, can you be a nigger? Like, can you just like <laughs> you look scary and like talk in a way that people would assume a, a homeless black man would talk and Cameron can you can you approximate that and cry yeah yeah can you can you try to approximate that accent again that he was doing oh okay hold on mm. where are my shoes where are my shoes <laughs> no, give me my shoes no you put it's a very put the food on the plate like the, the scene a where very weird <laughs> Oh, go ahead. No, I was saying this. Well, the scene where they're giving it like he's in line at the cafeteria and he's he's yeah. not talking, and then he's like, and then you know, Renee Zell, Renee is like, "What's your name?" And he's like, "You don't need to worry about my name." And I was like, "Wait, wait, what is that African and then Southern in it? Like you <laughs> didn't you didn't have you didn't do enough work to figure out like the English accent and then make the English accent Southern." You know, or I've the American never... accent, the Texas accent. Like, it's, ow. have you ever seen him do an accent in the movie before? No, <laughs> <laughs> he's just talking the whole time. I feel yeah, like I they let him do his thing. You know, in most movies, they're just yeah. like, "Yo, just be you." Like, we hired right. you for you because no one else is gonna take those roles. Oh, yeah. That's true. well, okay. That's so true. this is this is what we're here to talk about because we'll we'll, <laughs> we'll discuss the movie, but really, the more I think, the more interesting thing is. The Jaiman Hansu of it all. So it really is. It, no, <laughs> yeah. the second he enters, actually, I'm gonna tell you this straight up. I was typing. I was doing work while I watched this movie, and yeah. I, like you said, ten minutes in, I was like, "This is whack. I'm out." I was like typing, 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 and then he busts in that door. I woke yeah. up. I was like, "Whoa, what the fuck is going on?" He's just smack. Like I, I'm afraid it's a real baseball bat. I was like, "Is he <laughs> gonna hit somebody on the hand by accident?" He flipped that table. I was like, oh, oh, shit. He's like, busts out the windows. I was like, bro, 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 chill. Whoa, 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 whoa. Uh, he, yeah. And then he the like, accent really, came I'm out, really and here. I was like, yeah. 
What's up? What? It's it's so it's Kalisha. Here's my here's my John Mahatsu theory, right? Because we talked about yes, this please. during Amistad, right? <laughs> I feel like the reason that he's in these movies is that physically, what he presents is a very intimidating looking black man, right? Like the kind that mm-hmm. just generally we're gonna stereotype. Everybody's gonna put their own kind of preconceived notions upon when you see him right because he's i don't know how tall he is so i don't know if he's like a big man but like he's got a big presence when he's on screen right mm-hmm. and so he's he's that kind of just like generally on-site intimidating presence right but all of these movies are ostensibly <laughs> Some version of a weird, like, buck-breaking kind of, like, we're going to, like, show you, oh, like, but he's not so bad after all, because once you really get to know him and, like, soften him and, like, break him down, you know, and you know his story, then he's, like, he's your friend. He's your friend. He can be your friend. now. Right now, you want even the scariest nigga could be right. You know so that is like, that don't... should have been the title of this movie. <laughs> <laughs> Dead serious. Well, because that's that's what it felt like though. Because it was like this is you know Amistad is kind of like oh wow look at this you know scary slave like the beginning of the movie he's like killing people he's like you know stabbing the um you know the slave masters and like the slave traders and like. You see him when he's in jail and he's like yelling in the scary African language of like, what's going on? And then like, we get to know him and it's like, oh, you know, he's, he's thoughtful and he's, he's the he's one a leader, you know, all, he's, he... yeah. Give us us free, right? Like he's, you know, and then in this movie, it's kind of the same deal, right? You, we meet him immediately. He's fucking shit up. He's got the baseball bat. You know, when it when literally goes... like bust through the door. <laughs> yeah. Well then, cause then Ron goes to meet him again and he like breaks his window of his oh, yeah. car and like you know so he's yeah, like he think for windows. yeah like he's very violent and like angry for like the first like quarter of the movie don't and forget then... that that scene is also the first scene of the of carla's three scene act yeah right <laughs> <laughs> of, of her three scene full character uh, full character arc there's a lot of just weird shit in this movie that just again reeks like this movie is over two hours. It really could have been an hour and a half. It, uh, it should have been shorter out. than that, bro. It should have been shorter yeah. than that. Like, but it's like, you know, you see him, like it's so weird, right? So like, there's the scene, I guess maybe like the third time they meet, where he's taking, I I guess Ron is like throwing out the trash behind throwing out the garbage, the, yeah. Yeah, and you know, at that point, suicide—we don't know his name yet—is <laughs> like just kind of loitering outside, and you know, Ron is like, "Hey, like, my name is Ron. Like, what's your name? I know your name's not suicide. Like, what's your real name?" And then they have this kind of like awkward conversation where he's like, "You want to be my friend? Like, I—I I guess I'll have to think about that." And then a minute later, they're having, I guess, dinner together. Yeah, and then two yeah, minutes after that, yeah, he asked him a really strange question. We're talk about this a little bit in the in the research, but I, I have to take this at face value because, like, I guess all of this is in the book and is corroborated by both the real life Denver and Ron Hall. 
so he asks him that weird question about like what's up with white people and fishing and then like the whole catch and release metaphor about friendship but yeah there's a 10 minute flashback sequence right so like in if if you take it at face value in real time what happens is he he finds him outside right they go to dinner and then three minutes into dinner he's telling him his life story. life story <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> mm-hmm. yes naturally because that's how it usually and works. i don't know if it's the food or like what's going on but like all of a sudden like he just wants to tell you everything in extreme deep i mean he's like this is when i was baptized let me tell you about <laughs> white people i met that like were in the kkk like let me tell you about like all this other like just random weird stuff right and then the scene is just over and then that's it how did he get so talkative i don't because know before he literally wouldn't open his he mouth was, he wouldn't say anything yeah he wouldn't say a thing and then he, he so even must of the question, oh, you want to be my friend? <laughs> I didn't even know you could say all of that, sir. I, I, I really, I was just asking what your name was. I didn't say I wanted to be your friend. You are a friend that to me. Um, but I guess we can go get something to eat now. Yeah, uh, yeah. Because, because are you gonna break out my other window? I don't he know. literally caused you a very large insurance payment, and now you're like besties at Denny's. Well, the so the conceit of the movie and the book, and I guess the real life friendship is Ron's wife, Debbie, has a dream about a homeless man who will change the city. Or, oh, I know, forgot the, like that. I forgot the prophetic dream. Yeah. Which was, was like the cutest moment in the movie, honestly, to me, because like I like when a movie tries to be like, oh, we're a movie and we could do stuff that you would never see in real life so she's like in the hospital having this she's having this dream uh that she's in the hospital at somebody's bed at whose bedside i couldn't even tell yeah i don't know yeah it's random it might be her daughter it might be herself i don't know but she's at somebody's bedside and she sees somebody walk down the hall and then she walks down the hall and then she follows this guy out into the elevator and the elevator opens and it's a beautiful lush pasture and I was like, oh, this is kind of a cool scene. But then it's like, oh, this is like fake prophecy. Oh, oh, no. Ew, yuck. Well, it was weird because I was like, for three minutes, it was a different movie. And like a right. slightly more interesting movie. And right. then like they never did anything like that again. It never, like, like that. <laughs> this movie becomes like <laughs> less than mediocre so quickly after that. Yeah. Well, let, so let's let's talk about Jimon's like both of his <laughs> flashback sequences because they're both the wildest thing in the whole movie and just Very like intense. again I, I'm never going to read this book I did as much research as I could take you know just in terms of like listening to the talk because it's not like Ron Hall is a white man right so it's not even like you know you're you're like wow like he's altruistic or he's like you know a a terrible person like he's just like he's a regular ass white dude like you listen to him talk he's talking like a a rich white guy with money from the south like there's nothing you know interesting about him but and denver is kind of like denver is interesting after after this i'm gonna show you guys this very random video when you youtube denver more one of the first videos that, that pops up is is called Denver More Spiritual, oh, no. and it's mm, mm. it's Denver More 
in a yes. I I I believe a white church singing a Negro spiritual. <laughs> And then, and then when he's when he's done, he immediately leaves the stage. Like it's not like he the, the last note leaves his mouth and then he turns and walks away. <laughs> but they they cut away to just random white people in the audience, like having a very like stoic I'm I'm present in this moment kind of look on their face, like they're like really they're there with him. And it's just like one of the most bizarre videos I've seen in a it's long like, time. Ugh, yuck. Yuck. <laughs> yuck. I clap hate and, those Clap vibes. and wherever they think the beat is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> oh, man. Um, well, you know, his Negro spirituals are, you know, accurate and recent because, I mean, him being a sharecropper in like 1960 something. Right. How I was trying to figure out the whole movie the, because I could not tell if this man was 50 years old, 60 years old, 70 years 70 old. 70 years like, old. This movie made it look because if it's <laughs> right, if he's uh 70 something now, then that means he well, so, was like a teenager in the 50s. Or so like, the real life story takes place in 1998. Right. Okay. So okay. If he's if he's fifty years old he in nineteen ninety eight. Yeah, he was yeah. born in forty eight. Oh if he's sixty years old, he was born in thirty eight. But either way, <laughs> the flashbacks make it seem like he's an antebellum <laughs> yes. South slavery. Yes. And like the clothes he's Absolutely. wearing, like the way that people are acting and behaving. It like, might as I well be like, like the twenties or like yeah i mean at first i was like is this some kind of like weird like he's a slave sent to the future kind of like like i was very confused as to what was happening when they flashed back to that because i was like none of this looks period accurate if he's yeah this is happening in like the 50s or the 60s right i mean i assumed you know what i think what part of the confusion is because yeah you're right the sets look hella vague they're just like yeah. maybe that's the 60s maybe that's the 50s there was the dairy and those little old coca-cola signs on the deli <laughs> yeah so that's okay all right and then the bus you know has the curvy shape it's the old curvy yeah. shape bus it's it's very like as if a person who saw ray or the color purple was like all right all right do like that but like spend half the money because we don't even have it right well, they only asked, they only had six point five. Yeah, so, so definitely you know. old time whatever Shreveport cost yeah. at least like two hundred k maybe. Yeah, well they. Felt- but you know what's free? <laughs> the explanatory comma to say, okay, here is why he could have been a sharecropper in 1950, 60, 70, whatever year. You're a hundred percent. Because there is because I I know this is possible only because. Back when Vice was cool, they did a whole thing about, you know, people not knowing that slavery had ended. And there was like a very, very small, well, I don't even know how big it is to be quite honest, but there were people that were still sharecroppers that didn't know they had been freed. So when right. I saw that, I was like, oh, wow, that might have been, that's probably what's going on here. Mm. But if mm. you don't know anything about that, you're also like, this is 192048. Five? What? Yeah. When is going on? What's happening? Right. When? When is going when on? Is going when on, is going on? Hundred percent. Well, I mean, so let's let's talk about the the clan scene. I mean, it's so this is 
everything is happening in this movie, right? So for whatever reason, um, Ron decides to take Denver to a museum. Oh, yeah. It's, he's never heard of a museum. He said apparently. he mistaked it for a mausoleum. So, I mean, that's... Which, how do you know mausoleum and you don't know museum? Because mausoleum is a long, big word. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> but but when you when you live on the streets, all you know is death. Oh, yeah. oh, okay. When, when you sense. like me, when you like Denver, <laughs> all you know is death. That's why they call me Suicide. That's why they call me <laughs> <laughs> It's so, oh I mean, like, what he, what he knows and doesn't know seems to just be up to the movie to tell us. Because it just, you would, I mean, that's another reason why I was just like, where is he from? That he just has like zero knowledge base of like very basic things, but like a deep or like nuanced knowledge base of other things. Like I could not figure out who this person was supposed to be. <laughs> Anyways, they go to a museum. Ron is an art dealer. He's showing him around. He's like, look at all these expensive paintings. For whatever reason, again, I don't know if this is a true story or if this is just something they made up for the movie. But there's a whole wing dedicated to the Ku Klux Klan, and like, Why? no, no, he. Well, no, I do have to correct it because, like, that was weird too. I get it. I think it was an artist that specifically takes pictures of like clans people, and that was like the main exhibit. But it does look like it's like a wing, the clan wing. He, well, <laughs> like, I mean, he describes it as like this is like shock art. Like this is supposed to like you know get people talking as provocative, or whatever. Yeah, yeah. But it cues up like a whole sequence, his whole flashback. <laughs> and the clan photos are beautiful. They weren't even like bad. Couldn't even yeah. those clan pictures were very nice. Couldn't hate on the clan pictures. <laughs> <laughs> they were clean, good lighting, very clean. Yeah, no. Um, so, like he goes into this whole flashback, right? Dev, I like somebody's going to have to explain this to me cuz I really don't understand what's going on. But this white child that Denver is friends with and the way that it's all described, right, is like Denver is some it's like basically ostensibly a slave, right? Like he's he's picking <laughs> cotton at this house. Yeah, he, he is. works for this person. Yeah. His mm-hmm. son has grabbed him and like said, "Yeah, let's come play." He was like, "We play all the time." Is basically how Denver described it. It's like yeah. we were very good friends. <laughs> he brings him into the barn of the house, which is just clan everything. It's right? where it's, it's where like, his dad keeps his clan shit. It's like a clan it's outlet. Clan clubhouse. Store. Yeah, it's like you know what I mean. He's got all the latest clan gear, and there's clan <laughs> <laughs> clubhouse. <laughs> I imagined it with the K too, like K. K. <laughs> the K is back. Oh my too. god, it's like a Toys R Us. <laughs> <laughs> he he invites Denver in, and he's like, "Let's play clan, right?" I mean, basically, is what he asked him to do. Which I, I mean, do, you're not do wrong. Neither, do neither of them know what's happening? You know what I mean? Because, like, I have to imagine they were not children, children, right? Like, they weren't like five. They're like 12. Like they were, They're like 12 or right. 13. They were like mm-hmm. pre adolescent, right? But, like, an- I mean, basic survival, right? You know what the clan is. 
Like, even mm-hmm. if you don't mm-hmm. understand the intricate nuances of racism, you understand that the people in the white hoods kill people who look like you, right? So, like, why would he even, like, because it's not even like if you said, nah, I don't want to do that. <laughs> like, what's the worst thing that's going to happen? The movie is <laughs> hilarious, too, because when they're playing sword fight with crosses dressed as Klansmen, <laughs> they're showing it in slow motion. Yes. Talk about slow motion. Why? What the? F- <laughs> like, like it no, was some well, I- like, of course. So maybe. Yeah, sure. He was like a kid and he cherished playing with a kid. But why? As the filmmaker, do you want to like memorialize this moment? Yeah. Like, ooh, I know. Shock art. Yeah. Oh, you got to carry on from the exhibit oh. onto the it's meta. flashback. It's meta. <laughs> Thus, it connects. There it, you go. It, it's mm-hmm. through. It's through the filmmaking. We actually feel Denver's <laughs> joy. <laughs> <laughs> the fuck? <laughs> I was. Well, I. I, I got didn't you here, know what Denver. I was watching, man. I was confused. I did not know that clans people had wooden cross swords. That's that was brand new to me. I didn't know that they even like had that well, as their like, like everything yeah. about it is is crazy. Then the mom shows up, right? <laughs> oh yeah, and the mom's and like there's and there's a real slow pan, right? From yep. like she's she's like, you know you're not supposed to be playing around with your father's stuff. Like you need to get out of mm-hmm. the barn, yada yada. And then there's a there's a slow pan from denver from top to bottom where you see just his black feet right again no shoes he doesn't own, he never owned shoes his whole life oh no gosh. he never owned uh, <laughs> and so like He's she the sees the black the shoes feet, and she just she's like not even like for what you would expect a white racist southern person of the time to like be feeling She's pretty calm about the whole situation. She's like, just get out. Like, just get, you know, she's chasing him. Skedaddle. Really, yeah, it's not with really real urgency yeah. or like, you know, and they never follow up on it. And it's like, how many black children does your son know? Like, it's probably not hard to narrow it down to who that is. In the- <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I guess he just gets a pa- And then he never he plays pass. with that kid again. Yeah. Until randomly he sees the mom years later years later in a on a random country road they broke down and he he offers to help but before he can even say anything she's like out of here nigger and then just random white racist on horses roll up like hold on before you before you get there (laughs) before you get there because uh, the son was like under, was he like underneath the hood or something yeah, like that? I guess so. like, he wasn't in. He was at in first. the trunk. <laughs> yeah. And when the mom says, "You know, get out of here, nigger," he was like, "Oh, nigger, that might be somebody I know." Hello? <laughs> oh snap! It's my boy. What up? It's, it's my boy Denver. <laughs> we used to play clan. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then a real clan just- showed up. Yeah, they just get his ass beat, and that's and the it, flashback. It's just such a. It's like, why am I seeing this in this movie? Like, what is what is the information you're trying to convey to me? That it's, like, it's like it's these moments where like, I mean, as an actor, I have to just think like, what's it like for you, the black actor, 
being normal. I could see like if you're in Roots and you're part of a larger story or if you're an underground railroad mm-hmm. and you're part of a larger story that's telling the story more elegantly. And But if you're in like same kind of different as me, you know, you don't even get like a honey wagon. Probably you probably sitting in a chair all day and then, yeah. all right, get your ass out there, take them shoes off. And, and, and these three men on horses are going to whoop your ass. And we're never going to shoot another scene with you for the entire movie. Congratulate. Oh yeah. You get baptized later or you get baptized yeah. earlier. Either way. It doesn't matter. We're going to do the baptize. We're going to do the baptism and then we're going to beat your ass. And yeah. then you get to go home and we'll send you home with like 600 bucks. Like, what is well, that like? Probably crazy. And then <laughs> it gets more crazy because he's got it. I mean, this movie is like random scenes of like Ron and Debbie and then like Denver shows up. And then it's like intersected with two almost 10 minute monologue flashbacks. Yeah. By Jaime Natsu. Yeah. He's just... Oh wait, hold on! You gotta life. you gotta tell him. Well, so, when when we come back from the flashback, the the single tear. Oh yeah, that always. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's how he knows you know, how to like, do it. Yeah, he I he mean, trained got, in he, Amistad. Yeah, and he brought it. He brought that skill here. Yeah, that seems like a prerequisite of like a lot of black people in these movies is to get the one. Can you the get one the tier. one? Did he learn that at Debbie <laughs> Allen Slave School? Was that part of, <laughs> part of the course? Single tier two hundred one. <laughs> well, well, I mean, I I will say I will give Jaiman. He's earned it in the right in the sense that he like he's the only person doing anything in the movie like yeah it's it's very weird because like greg kinnear just there you know what i mean just like he's there. just playing like squinting a, a lot yeah <laughs> you're, you know after you're the lead of this movie and he sucks bro he's so like mid he's play. i mean he's got a lot of aw shucks energy where he's just like oh i can't believe this is happening now like what like like well because he and debbie are basically there to react to these Dude, wild stories yeah. that Denver tells mm-hmm. them. Like they're they're just that's so let's talk about that scene, right? So they're yeah. at I don't know what's going on. They go to the um the center, they watch a movie. Denver's not there. They're I like, think they're watching it's a wonderful at? life. I think they're watching it's yeah. a wonderful life. Yeah. And they're like, yo, we should get Denver. He didn't come to the movie. They go find him like she like Debbie tracks him down <laughs> and then brings him back to her house. Apropos okay. of nothing, yeah. Like just, yes. just yes. gets him, brings him to the house. He sleeps over. He wakes up the next day. They're having breakfast. He's like, "Let me tell you a real sad, depressing, <laughs> and violent story about my life." Oh my god! And it is that he's trying to get another night. Yep. <laughs> I guess. Please don't put me back out there. Let me tell you what happened. Let me tell you what happened. <laughs> well, because he tells a story about like he's sharecropping and then like just ru- he just he runs just away. He, he just leaves. He just runs. He leaves. He goes to street. Well, he doesn't court. escape. You, yeah, you're free to leave. I guess. I mean, not but the way they that play he's it. it. <laughs> they, oh man, yeah. It's That's true. why I was like, is he a slave? Because <laughs> he's yeah. <laughs> He's a sharecropper, and he's picking like in the line with like all these downtrodden yes. black folk. And, you know, it's, I mean, he's not being watched by anybody. 
but I'm still conditioned. Nobody runs after him. No one runs after him. He runs. He like literally just but drops the running. cotton and he's like, I am free. I is free. I is free. No <laughs> shoes on again. Like just no, just frolicking through this cotton patch, like, you know, for his freedom. But like at the same time, no one's watching you. So it's like, what are you frolicking from, bro? Like it's like if you full, quit he's at full Target. Jesse Owens at the Olympics, though. He's like, he's gone. Like he just like <laughs> His feet are high, his high knees, his feet are up in the air. He is like jumping for joy, literally jumping for joy. <laughs> I kid you not. And like, I mean, I've seen niggas quit Target like with less, <laughs> with less energy, fam. Like this dude walked away from his own job and was like, yeah. hallelujah. <laughs> what? It's like, why didn't you, why didn't you leave before if you didn't Bro- like it? Because I felt like you could have left. Before? You know what? Don't come into work that day, fam. It's that simple. <laughs> well, so he he tells a story about he goes up to Shreveport. Immediately, somebody tries to like rob him, and then he. But we don't really we don't see that robbery. He just says it. Well, and he doesn't really explain what happens because the way right. that he phrases it is like somebody pulled a gun on me, and then. Uh, like a few minutes later, like I still had my shoes and his gun. Yeah, which is yeah. like <laughs> he I don't know what you did to him. <laughs> yeah, right? like no, he I stole his shoes because he needed some shoes. Yeah, so he took two shoes, and then the first thing he does is like, I guess I'm gonna rob this bus. So he just like pulls the gun out in broad daylight. Yeah, he empties the driver. bullet. He empties the bullets though. You, yeah, they, they make a note of that. What's what's the logic in emptying the bullets though? I, because I think if you're not going. Oh, no, I think it's like if you're not like if you're going to do it, you're just pulling out the gun, you know, that scares people enough. Yeah, but I don't think he didn't want to he didn't want to kill anybody. He says like, I, what well, I'm I was bad and mean, but I didn't want to kill. I wasn't bad and mean enough to kill nobody. But then he proceeds to describe about how he murdered so many people yeah, in jail. Murdered multiple. Yeah, that's exactly it. With his bare hands. With his bare hands. No bullets. He's like, I well, wasn't he... bad and mean enough to kill somebody. Literally a scene late. Two scenes later, he murders several prisoners. <laughs> <laughs> well, he's just like, you know, I went to Angola, which is like the worst prison in America. Yeah. And people would just disappear. Like he wouldn't see them anymore. Because so... of you. Right. Like, what? <laughs> You and act like you don't like, know what happened. And he was like, oh, I, and, I, and then I did what I had to do. You know, like I killed a lot of people. And then Renee Zellweger's reaction to this is, you have a good heart. And then she gets her yep. coffee and leaves the room. <laughs> like she just <laughs> walks. He tells this whole story and her reaction is like, I forgive you. Yeah. I mean, that's, you know, we all do what we have to do. And then she just leaves. And then Greg Kinnear is like, do you want pancakes or some shit like that? Like it's. <laughs> It's just the most what? random reactions. Like, he's just telling you the most horrible stories about his life. And these white people are just like, yeah, yeah. yeah well, all right. Every, <laughs> like, yeah, everybody yeah. has a bad day. That's what y'all do, I guess. You know, like, I haven't had it that hard, but. You want some of this so OJ? It's just like, mm. Yeah. Well, it's just, it's it's so crazy how Jaiman is basic. I mean, they, again, I feel like they just said be a nigger right like just do what he, they expect he you to do what when you first meet him his eyes are so wide they're planets 
of, to themselves. Like <laughs> you're in his orbit, bro. He's just like his eyes are like, I will fuck you up, and and then fuck you. Like I will hurt you, but I will hurt you bad. <laughs> like the way he comes, I swear to God, the movie's terrible, but. <laughs> his performance in those five minutes where he busts in that door and he's just like i'll fuck you up like lifts the table smashes the window like i was worried for the other actors i was like he's he's just wilding with that bat he's and committed. it looks like a real bat yeah no so when when renee zellweger's character is like there are children That's here right. she grabs this 24 year old woman <laughs> to hold her <laughs> <laughs> like do you not see what you're doing in front of her it's like Okay. Oh my God. Yeah. So he's he's wearing them eyes and he's wearing that attitude. Like that whole mm -hmm. that whole first part of his performance is like, I will I will kill you. I'm gonna I'm gonna kill the shit out of you. But then by the <laughs> end of the movie, he's like, I love you. Like you're my only. Oh, yeah. I don't and have at, any other friends but you. And at the end like, of the movie, that. they're watching Shooting Stars and like <laughs> making s'mores. So here's here's what's happening. I mean, I I know it's a Christian movie, and I know. Uh. We're talking about love and forgiveness and like all you got to do is just open your heart and that will solve all the problems of the world. Right. But a couple of things. right? So <laughs> one, like this is another movie that posits racism as something that happened a long time ago in yes, another yes. place by mm -hmm. bad people. Right. And mm -hmm. the the closest we get to racism in the present day is John Voigt is drunk and like calls Jaime Hatsu a nigger, you know, in so many words. I don't know. I forget. Did, mm -hmm. did he say it straight up or did he? He, I feel like he, he, did. he didn't say it to his face. OK, but he definitely well, said it several times. Yeah, There's, there's another <laughs> wild scene at a country club. Where for oh. some reason mm. Ron Hall is bringing Denver to the country, like just to hang out, just to kick it at the country club, <laughs> and he goes into the bathroom, and some random white dude is like, "Yo, great that you're helping the homeless. Keep doing that. Also, don't bring the homeless here because it makes us feel bad that we're rich, right? So like, stop doing that." He said he calls that him, almost. <laughs> yeah, he calls him a, an amigo Negro or like some yeah. wild thing like that that i was just like i feel I like mean, i've heard some white people say things like that though that doesn't feel outside the realm of possibility because it's I, like I, it's I, like it's it's inoffensive but it's like totally offensive at the exact same time i haven't played this drive was the yet, amigo but... to be like oh yeah we're in texas just in case you guys forgot yeah i guess i gotta play this one <laughs> is that why they said they're so white Right, yeah, that's just a very yeah. white thing to say. <laughs> I just yeah. don't know why you would say that. I feel like as a black person, if I called anybody my amigo Negro, they'd <laughs> slap me, and rightfully right. so. I'd be like, "Yeah, on, on God, yeah, a hundred percent." Yeah, like like amigo Negro. I guess if you're talking to like Offset or. <laughs> right and amigos. even them they didn't come out with that they were like they probably had a, a meeting and was like should we be the amigo negro yeah. <laughs> nah, that's not yeah crazy. I ain't and then they hit let's just do let's and then they hit the blood again and it was like we, we just migos <laughs> yeah yeah sound better but so that they, they said you know what nah amigo negro is some white shit and then <laughs> yes <laughs> but that's that's the closest we get to racism present day right is like Mm -hmm. Ron's dad is a racist drunk 
this one guy at the, the country, country club, club is also racist. And Nobody I feel like Amigo Amigo Negro feels worse than nigger, honestly. Like <laughs> it does. <laughs> it feels gross. Like it made me want to cringe when he said it. I mean, they come up with a lot of just general, you know, like it was like it wasn't just one, right? Because like who knows where Moon Cricket came from? Who knows where <laughs> Porch Monkey came from? Who knows where like all these other like they you know they what's a jigaboo? Yeah, what I mean, is a jigaboo? Like, like focus tested, you know, like they're sitting around at a table and just kind of like looking at objects. <laughs> Doing what, word association. What do you feel when you see this? <laughs> that right there is a moon cricket. That right there is it's a cricket by the moon. Like I see yeah. a I see a Negro when I see that. <laughs> but so that, but that's that's <laughs> That's how the movie kind of like looks at everything. It's like nobody else is racist. And yeah. Denver's problem is that he's homeless. And yet yeah. they inject race directly into his backstory and history. And it, I'm going to assume this is all real life anecdotes from the real Denver Moore. Yeah. But mm -hmm. if that's the case, then it's just this is real dissonance between like what his real life was which was like he was encumbered and brought down by white supremacy. Right, you know, right, like yes. Trying to come up. Mm -hmm. Like he was put into this position, forced to be a sharecropper, put into these terrible you know, positions one after the other, basically because he's black. And yet the movie never really addresses that. It's just kind of yeah. like an other thing that is going on as like a it's like the b like racism racism <laughs> is the b plot of the movie yeah <laughs> and, and it, then everything else is about like this friendship which is such a bizarre choice it didn't it like i get i guess if you're really into god and like wow what a what a friendship what a message like you're kind of not focusing on that but i i don't really understand how they throw that out there like again like you're saying like that whole kkk flashback <laughs> where they're like slow motion sword fighting like dancing a, in the you, sunlight that's a choice it's, yeah <laughs> the sunlight glittering in through the cracks in the wood right it so if, so if that's not what the movie's about i just don't understand why that's in the movie right and like, fetishize like a weird show yeah and fetishize mm -hmm. it's absolutely it's it's really weird because yes and they, yes, the homelessness is like his main problem, uh, Denver's main issue. He's homeless. And he states that pretty clearly. I mean, the movie, you meet him in a homeless shelter. That's where like a third of the movie takes place is in that homeless yeah. shelter. But every time Denver is out in the world or telling a story, that story or that experience revolves specifically and clearly about racism almost to the point where it makes you think that or is trying to say that racism is the reason he's homeless because like they're other than like outside of oh he ran away from his sharecropping job he like robbed a guy or tried yeah. to mm -hmm. like other than like he you know didn't try to get money and he did a thing that landed him in jail. Racism was the problem the whole time. 
But it can be solved by love and forgiveness. And forgiveness if Renee yeah. Zellweger forgives you. Right. And that's it. For shit that Which... she never saw in her life. <laughs> For shit that she never saw. But it's also like, here's, here's the big issue with that thought process and philosophy, right? Is that seemingly what you're asking is that Black people should be seeking forgiveness like why is denver seeking forgiveness you know what i mean like that's not our problem like we right. don't the racism isn't something that we did right so like it's kind of like it, it feels to me like denver is the example of look at all the the ills and the terrible things black man has gone through because he's black at the hands of white people and yet you can still turn around and be friends with white people What's wrong with the rest of y'all? Yeah. <laughs> well, that's what, and that's what I'm that's talking about. That's the subtitle Diamond. to the movie. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's why, that's, again, that's what brings it back to Jaiman. It's just like, he is almost the poster boy of that, though, in a lot of these movies. Yeah. I have questions, you know what I mean? Like, I don't Ugh. feel like, I don't feel like it's like, say, an Octavia Spencer or a Morgan Freeman. In Where the they're outright producing <laughs> these movies then making sure that they happen. Right. And <laughs> and that I feel like the characters that he plays are less less like when you look at again Octavia Spencer in something like The Help or in something like Hidden Figures or um it's oh my god, in black or white. <laughs> Stop. <laughs> I blacked that movie out of my mind <laughs> briefly. God, um, you know, like she, but she's playing like like kind of caricatures, right? Like she's playing like a pseudo, like sassy black woman in in varying degrees of stuff. I feel like Jaiman. He's, I don't know if he's like a lot of other black actors. Say like a Denzel, right? And like you know, cry freedom or something like that, where it's like somebody's going to get cast in this part. So like, mm -hmm. not like it might as well be me, but like, at least I know that if it's me, I'm going to imbue something in it. Right. Because if it was somebody besides Jamaha, it was just like random central casting, like scary black guy. Like, I don't know if it would be, it, it, it I can't imagine it being a worse movie, but I feel like it would have been a worse movie just in the sense of like, it wouldn't have had the same weight that he brought to the character. He's not doing a lot, right? Like I'm not, I don't want to overstate his performance as if it was something like top caliber. Like Amistad, he was acting, right? Like Amistad, oh, yeah. he was putting on a performance. Oh right? yeah. This, he's kind of like, everybody's phoning it in. I don't really know what the bag was for the same kind of different as me, but I'm, I'm going to uh, go with scale. I'm going to go with scale. <laughs> what is the least you can be paid on a movie? But like he's he's putting in more effort than the rest, right? So yeah, and a, and attest to that being Renee Zellweger. I didn't know that she was sick probably two minutes before she died yeah. because her cancer never progressed in her face yeah. oh yeah in her body oh, yeah. in her hair she wore she was she started wearing hats but she had all this hair <laughs> so i was kind of confused as to what exactly was wrong with her 
Um, but in, in, in that, the bare, bare minimum, yeah. like literally, he's the only one acting. Everybody else is just like, well, the one guy who doesn't say anything, he's just blinking. Yeah. Uh, whoa, what? <laughs> that is fascinating. Because I, at first, when he was in the homeless shelter, and they're just like, oh, and this is my son, Carson. And he just goes like, it's me. <laughs> just, you know? <laughs> I just thought, okay, cool. Like, we're introducing that character. Let's move on, you know? But then, like, every other scene he's in where they're just yeah. like, look at this book, Carson. And he's just like, mm-hmm. Doesn't even, <laughs> like, no words, no sound. Just his darling little face. I'm like, something's amiss here. <laughs> three, three crazy parts of this movie. <laughs> I guess just to, aside from all the white saviorism to talk about. Yeah. One, there's a scene where Renee Zellweger is, I guess, I don't really know what's happening, right? Because, like, she has been diagnosed with terminal cancer. Mm-hmm. Oh, this, so this, actually, no. I, I guess I see what's happening here, because this was before the next scene that I want to talk about. But she's, she's, like, walking around the house. She's getting stuff together. And she's like, you know, if I'm going to beat cancer and I'm going to feel better... I need to act like I'm better. Like, I'm going to go shopping. I'm going to, like, you know, cheer myself up. And <laughs> Greg Kinnear is like, should I, oh, can I drive you? And she was like, oh, no, like, because that wouldn't be normal. But it's like, but you have, can't, like, even die. if he's not, you, well, it's not that she's just going to, like, die on the spot. <laughs> but she's not well, right? I mean, she's got, you know, a serious illness. Yeah. And, like, it would probably be best if somebody was, he didn't have to be like like hawking her, but like, oh, you're gonna go to the mall. I'll be around. Like I'll just be close <laughs> by, just in case you need something. But she's like, nah, right. you stay home. I'm just gonna go out by myself. And it sets up the following crazy scene where some woman you've never met before and never seen on camera before rolls up on her, oh, <laughs> introduces right. oh, herself yeah. as the the wife of the doctor. That she's seen and is like, I'm so sorry. I didn't know it was terminal. And she's like, nobody told me that. <laughs> it's so random because it's like how she finds out, but she knew. <laughs> like, whoa, whoa, whoa. 20 minutes ago, you literally told your husband, I have cancer, but don't worry about it. Don't and worry then about it. it's good. We good. Random person on the street is like, Sorry to hear you're gonna die. Oh my god, I need a break. I had- talk about a HIPAA violation. <laughs> what the hell? I had to rewind the scene. I didn't hear what she said the first time, so I didn't know who she was. <laughs> so I just heard her telling her that she has terminal cancer, and I was like, "Is this an angel? Like, who is this?" Random? Yo. Honestly, when I first saw her, I thought she was a woman that her husband cheated on that's her I, with, that's and that's who was telling her that she had <laughs> Which would be like a Tyler Perry movie, right? That's, that yes, like, that's, <laughs> and those no, she movies, would have AIDS. this she would movie have AIDS. rivals. She wouldn't have cancer. Oh, the, you're right. You're right. She would have AIDS because her husband cheated on her. Like, yo, this, right. yo, this movie rivals the Tyler Perry movie. This is like the white version of a Tyler Perry movie. Yeah, but but hold on. Here, so here's the craziest scene in the movie. <laughs> she's having like this very like intimate conversation with Ron because she's like, "I'm gonna die." Like, you know, we should start getting things in order. And when you're talking about that, he gets a hall pass for life. She 
explicitly tells him yeah that not not only that you can like get married after me or like see other women after me she says even her right so she tells him that you can that woman you were cheating on me with that like nearly ruined our family and our marriage when i die you can go back to that. <laughs> Nothing ever happened. It's all good, fam. We good, fam. Which is, no, nobody is that forgiving, right? Nobody no. is going to be Miss like, Debbie yeah. is. Miss Debbie is the most. She's giving out forgiveness like they're Monopoly. Like it's Monopoly money. Like, I'm the bank. Yo, would she, would she called her on the phone? Listen. I was very surprised that she took the milk and stuff approach. I was very surprised. I did not think she was going to go that way at all. But why did she stay on I, the phone? You she, know what I mean? Like if you're the side chick and his wife calls you and then proceeds to have this very just like up, it's, fr- so, up front. She's just like, yo, stay on the business. phone. I got it. We got to talk. We got to talk. Right. I know what you did. However, mm-hmm. Jesus says, I love you. I want you to know that he's mine and you might have had him once. Yes. But I have him all the time. So says the Lord. <laughs> it's so weird. That is, it's, it's like it had my jaw on the floor for real. <laughs> it really did. I was like, wait, wait, wait. She called her in the moment. She wasn't screaming or nothing. The calmest tone of voice. Just, yep. That's even I, scarier, though. Yeah, like psycho. Wife calls you, and she's she's not upset at all. Mm -hmm. She's just very calm. I would be very scared that she's outside my house. (laughs) Don't hang up. Don't hang up. I need thirty minutes, thirty seconds to try to call. Are you in the living room? Okay, great. Uh (laughs) Yo, don't don't mind that red dot. Just keep (laughs) keep talking. Just keep looking forward. Keep looking forward. This so yeah, she's giving out forgiveness in this movie. She's just handing it up. Denver, I heard you robbed a bus and you were a sharecropper, and the clan didn't treat you so well. I and you killed a you. lot of people and, in like the way and, that he describes it. It's not like one person, multiple murders. <laughs> How did he get out? I guess did he, he run. He just he just outlasted the sentence. He, I don't know. He how did. Long. He did his time. <laughs> murdered people in jail. They didn't add any extra time. But when didn't add no, no extra, extra time. time, you good. Fam. I guess people were just disappearing anyway. So that's like, right. Was really Angola was just losing track. They're, like their their inventory was an abacus. <laughs> and Denver, they were just like, oh shit. Three new cellmates this week. What's uh like, I ate <laughs> them. I ate them. <laughs> Give us us free. I ate them. They stole my they shoes. They stole my shoes and I ate them. <laughs> and then I ate the shoes. I never have shoes. <laughs> And then and then after his sentence, he walks out of Angola and Renee Zellberg is like, boom, you're forgiven. Yeah, I forgive you. <laughs> I forgive you, yo. It's wild. Yo, this movie is fucking bullshit. <laughs> I guess, yeah. Last thing before we get to to the there's not a lot of research. I'll tell you the true story, but yes, you know, there's not yes. a lot of research behind it. But so I guess let's just talk about John Voight. I really don't know why he's in this movie or what the purpose of his character ooh, is other ooh. than to just be we have, we have a hand in the back. I we know. have a hand in the back. Okay. I know. I know. So John Voight is being um, Oprah in terms of he is embodying the old racism that's just going to 
die anyway. Because mm-hmm. all the people that are racist are literally, oh, the little boy's not racist. No. Um, her children aren't racist. Yeah, yeah. It's the guy in the country club and it's the old ass drunk daddy who only says racist stuff when he's drunk. Yeah. So it's it's that whole, like, it's a dying thing. Look at us. We're, you know, upcoming. We got this big ass house. And we're not racist either because we go down and meet all the people. So we're the new generation of non-racism. He had a bad, ugly, racist past. These are old, ugly, racist people. Racism is dead. Thank you, Obama. Thank you. And then by the end of the movie, he's not racist, right? Like he's... And not an alcoholic anymore. Yeah. He kicked them both. I don't know if Jesus was involved or that was just like... Uh, just a just a last second life change that he Yo, decided man. to make, but like Je- Jesus is always involved, baby. Yeah. And and he when Debbie said that she had cancer, he was like, "Oh, I've been had cancer." That's what she meant. About? <laughs> anyway, no, that's it. That's old news. You be good. Hey, just drink some ginger ale. Right. Good. Shake shake it off. Put some tussin on that. <laughs> Put some Roman tussin. The scene on where that. he gets on the tractor and just rides out, bro. To nowhere. <laughs> he literally turns the key and like I love the jolt too. Like he kicks him in a step. He's like, all right. <laughs> and then they like literally he rides off into the sunset. Dead serious. It's like cause you never see the property that he lives on. So it's just like he's riding. Yeah, off. you see the house like, and then you see the land, but you never see the two attached. He's just riding off into like a large field. And yeah. you're like, is that his does he have to mow all that grass? A hundred dollars. <laughs> $100 says they literally like move the camera like 20 feet in another direction and that's the field they buried uh yeah. Miss Debbie on for sure cuz they were like we got this one field just like shoot the trees and make it look like and we'll put some leaves in there and that's his land but then we sweep the leaves we move the camera about 20 feet north <laughs> and that's the other field way on the other side yep. of town yeah it's I mean, again, I can't imagine that this movie had that. It seems like it had more locations than a movie like this should have. Like the flashbacks specifically, I was just kind of like, man, y'all doing a lot more than, you know, the the typical kind of Hallmark-esque movie that you're <laughs> basically at the same level as. I mean, um, it really is at that level, though. Like the the like I said, old time Shreveport is just whatever was hanging around on the lot, like. Yep. Let me get one of them old timey curvy buses. <laughs> Let me. F- Speaking of the of the flashback, um, when Big Mama needed her her medication, mm-hmm. it, it seemed a little uh druggy to me. Yeah. Just a tad. Yeah. Yeah. Because then how come I couldn't tell if she was sick or if she was high? That's why she couldn't get out from the fire because she seemed okay <laughs> before, but the way she needed that medicine yeah. so At that bad. Moment. Was a little concerning. I, I think the director didn't have any clue as to what this is like. Okay, you sick, you sick yeah. and go. Because <laughs> later, because later when the house burned down, you're gonna be really sick. Yeah. It, Can't move. It, well, the, the to speak to to speak to the John Boyd of it all, I think he does these movies though. Cause you oh, know that's what he, I was gonna say. John Voight's he's wild now, right? Like he's he, he's a wild boy a now. Wild he doesn't guy. he doesn't okay. do like Hollywood. Or maybe he's been blackballed. I don't know. No, but know. the other end of the spectrum now is that when you're blackballed, you do like 
fringe movies that aren't like produced by big studios. Like this is a Paramount yeah. picture. So yeah. he does like yeah. now his thing is because I've only I only know this because I've seen it with my eyeballs. Mm-hmm. I had Fox News on. I swear to God, I was not watching it. It just was on. <laughs> no, it wasn't even Fox News. It was Newsmax. It was like fucking. Oh, boy, that's du- even worse. It's, How'd you get that? It's like get more aggressive Fox News. What cable package do you have? <laughs> I got that. I got that Wi-Fi cable that comes with my TV. <laughs> that only got channels that come with TVs. Um, and I had it on Newsmax. And I happened to have it on it like. 11:30 or like I cut off my PlayStation at 11:30 or something like that and it showed an ad for the Roe versus Wade movie that says oh, Roe versus Wade God. was bad. Yes, yeah. And John Boyd is like the doctor that's like he's like the villain doctor who's performing abortions and he's like I love abortions. <laughs> Killing these kids is my favorite <laughs> thing to do. I, I hate children. I hate souls. <laughs> <laughs> and, and here I am to eradicate this bullshit. And then the movie is like, yeah, these got these are the these are the villains. So he's villainous yeah. on both sides of it. He's just like a bad dude. Yeah. But in these fringe movies that no one really wants to see, that aren't really teaching yeah. a lesson or are trying to teach reverse lessons. You're right. Mm. Well, you know, shout out Kirk Cameron. Shout out. Yeah, shout out Kirk the... Cameron. Shout out. Uh, <laughs> Candace Cameron. Why are all the Camerons fucked up? <laughs> you gotta get uh, your people. <laughs> we gotta have a meeting. It's 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 him though, and it's like a bunch of other people that have like been blackballed from Hollywood for like yeah. wild extremist uh Christian or right wing views because yeah. you know Hollywood's like ultra liberal. And, but there's still like we still have they still have the Harrison Fords you know of the world and you still have yeah. like the Dennis Quaid's out here. Mm-hmm. Dennis Quaid's a wild boy, but he still makes He's you know a nice some weird. Yeah, I do. who was the one um cursing out his daughter about the pack of pack of niggers? Oh, that was Mel Gibson. That, that was Mel Gibson. Yes, but Mel Gibson yeah. is mm-hmm. is still getting it. That's oh he's getting yeah. he's getting plenty of bags. They, he's uh, getting awards. He's <laughs> they forgot still nominated. That, yeah. he, he's nominated for multiple best pictures, bro. Yeah, well, and I mean, one one CK got nominated for a Grammy this year. Like they just yeah yeah cancel culture is uh, whatever you want it to be. <laughs> yeah, it's <laughs> it's so true. Cancel uh-huh. culture, if you want. Mm, yeah. Uh, so this movie, like we said, did it it bombed. I mean, it, it bombed it, hard. Did not make back the money. Did not make back its modest budget. Um, but people kind of liked it i mean if you go off you know the metrics that we typically check out so hit me with some uh, reviews l- yeah let's 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 play the game so both <laughs> of y'all you tell me on imdb what do you think it has oh i haven't looked at this mm. um now you got like what you gotta like, know you gotta what? know that imdb like you don't get to a not movies don't get a nine pretty much and like mm-hmm. There's a lot of pretty decent scores out there. I want to say six. I'm gonna say Ish. I'm gonna say yeah. I'm gonna say like six point two because I know they got the little point <laughs> systems over under. Yeah. Don't prices write me. Don't prices write me. <laughs> okay. Okay. All right. All right. All right. It's, it's six point seven. Oh. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> what? 
six point seven out of seven point nine thousand reviews. Um, seven. You, that's really close to seven. You know what's up with Amazon? Amazon, it's at four and a half stars, which is kind of low. Like that's four reckless. and a half stars on Amazon that's is like fucking reckless. You know, that's over. Amazon gave the Underground Railroad three stars. Uh, <laughs> and <laughs> what? And, and, and I, Amazon I, made the show. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my gosh. People talking oh, shit man. in your own house, dog. That's wild. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Yikes. On Rotten Tomatoes, not a good look. It's got 40%, which a 40% is still kind of high. It's still high for this movie. But, yeah, I mean, like, if you read the reviews, there's nothing really... I couldn't find anything too crazy or wild. It's all... The people you'd expect, you know, what a great movie... It's, it's you know everything right about the world you know jesus saves etc etc uh so if you go to just general reviews there was one review that i did want to read uh, a portion of because as we get into the research portion of this uh you know we'll talk a little bit about the true story but this is from this is not roger ebert <laughs> you know but this is from the roger ebert uh film site this is a review by nick allen so this is just the this is the closing part of the route. While there is fascinating, uh, there is a fascinating story within of an unlikely connection between a married couple in Denver. Same kind of difference to me would rather make it specifically and obnoxiously about the selfless, magical white people and the human being who benefited from their kindness. It's worse enough that the story delves down the spirit of Ron and Debbie. It's even more gross how high the story tries to prop up Denver, right? Yeah. But I think that there is you know that part of it where it's so much of a like let's let's just ignore everything that you know about how the world works and just like really push like the the not even just the christian narrative right but like this idea that because all these all these movies really do do this right where like it it tries to condense a much larger issue down into like a very personal structure right so like like you were saying Kalisha, like oh yeah J- like you can also have a scary black friend right like if you just reach out to the scary black person that i don't know works at your office or that you like you know see playing <laughs> no. basketball at the gym or you know whatever it's like that can also be your friend because these two random people became friends in real life right so it's like that's not how any of this works like that's very much so (laughs) that's not how it works that's not how any of this works like (laughs) so much of this story is very much just like wow right like okay sure real life who would have thunk? There's a lot of random crazy things that happen in real life that you say that can't be real. And then you look it up and you're like, Oh yeah, I guess that did happen. Right. Like stranger than fiction. Right. Like so many of these things you see in this movie, at least according to the people involved did happen. Right. So like everything in terms of how they met, they say that, yeah, Denver really came in there. I don't think he was swinging a bat, but he was like getting into a fight and like causing a scene and like pushing people at the shelter. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they had to like break that up. Like he was very standoffish and like didn't want to have anything to do with, with Debbie and Ron. He did 
I guess, make the whole catch and release metaphor to him, at least according to Ron. Um, and he wasn't wrong. <laughs> I mean, and there he was, wasn't he, wrong. If you look up stuff with the real life Denver, like he's a black uncle, right? Like he's got real black <laughs> uncle energy. Uh, like, he is, he's kind of a character, right? Like, I mean, he's again, he's pushing the whole God narrative very heavy. And, all of that like weird like he does in the movie have extreme magical negro energy right like he's oh yeah literally prophesizing oh yeah they literally dream about him he says things along the lines of you know well you got to watch out for miss debbie because you know since she's so highly in god's favor that means the devil's gonna like be working on her too and like all this (laughs) other stuff and I guess these are all things that when you see the real life around Hall retelling the story, these are things that he's saying verbatim, right? Like he says that Denver said that to him. And then like, you know, three weeks later, Debbie got diagnosed with cancer. Um, There's, you know, like just general elements that I guess, yes, these all of basically what you see in the movie is what happens in their real life. Right. Except for the fact, and this is kind of the weird part of the movie that I was like, okay, if that's what really happened, why did you just put this in the movie? Because this is kind of a better (laughs) ending than how the movie ends. Okay. So the movie ends, right, with you have the big speech that Jaiman Hansu makes. He says the title of the movie. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) You know, they... and then Ron is like, oh, but, you know, I, I didn't do the right thing because then I kind of let Denver slip out of my life. And then he just walks back to the same place Denver's always been because what else is he going to He ain't got nowhere else to go. Yep. And he's just like, we should be friends. Right. Not like, let me help you improve your life in any meaningful way. But like, Man. you should sometimes come and kick it with me. And we can watch stars. Like that's about like that's about it. Like he's never like, yo, let me help you get a job. Let me, you know, help you like mm-hmm. get food. Let me help you find a stable place to live. Let me X Y. No, no, no. Let's just sometimes hang out on the weekends when I got some time. Right. So it's just kind of like after all that, you're just not gonna help this man at all. <laughs> like you're just gonna like right. just tangentially be his friend. In real life. Denver moved in with Ron after Debbie passed away and and basically lived with him until he died, right? Like they set up a foundation to, you know, help homeless people and help support homeless shelters. They went on, you know, they wrote they co-wrote the book together, right? So that's one of the things too, like, you know, Denver has credit on the book. And they went on book tours together. They did a whole lot of like Christian ministry stuff together. And so it's just kind of strange that that part got left out of the movie. Cause at the end you do see like pictures of them together and like, yeah, you yeah. know, them kind of like being like friends together. And I will say that this is a much more authentic, believable story than something like green book. Right. Where I think Don Shirley was like, yeah, no, he drove me around, but like, I didn't really know him like that. You know, like he's cool. <laughs> I guess he calls me sometimes. <laughs> You know, like we talk on the phone every once in a while, but like I wouldn't say we're friends, like we're acquaintances, we are work friends, you know what I mean? But like we're not like friend friends, right? This was like a real life 
for real friendship, right? Like, yeah, I don't think there was anything. And I think that's a lot of where the movie fails is like, this is absolutely just this just such a straightforward saccharine kind of story that like, as as much of this is like a like a six o'clock snooze. Oh story. yeah! Oh yeah! This is right. This is like yeah. a special interest story, right? Like that's as far as this should have gone, yeah. right? They wrote the book, and that also the book was like number nine on the New York Times bestseller list when it came out. But that that there was no need to make this movie. <laughs> like there was this movie, it was unnecessary. Yeah, yeah. you could have done like a like a short documentary about it, I guess, if you wanted to. But again, that's really as far as this should have gone. I was going to say it could be like a 60 minute story, but that's too, it's it's not even good enough for 60 minutes for (laughs) That's really it. Yeah. So like, it's just, it's, it's crazy that however, I guess because it was a best-selling book, they were able to finagle $6.5 million out of Paramount to like (laughs) get this made, but, and like get Renee Zellweger hadn't been in a movie in six years. And this was the movie that she came back to make. For real, uh, this is the one she came back on. This is the one she came back on. The Bridget Jones Diary, the sequel to that, or yeah. maybe it was the third one. Um, that's the movie that got released first, but this was the first movie that she like she filmed when she came back from her hiatus. So Oy. it's, I mean, again, a lot of this is just real weird because I don't really know how everybody besides obviously Ron Hall got involved in this movie. <laughs> Really... Ron Hall is a snake oil salesman because, like, he he got some. He's oh, he's rich, so I mean, like, conceivably, yeah, sure he's, he's an art dealer. So I guess yeah. that's where he had the money. He's like, I sold a Picasso, and I have like several yeah. million dollars. Maybe it's like he had three million, and he's like, Yo, Paramount, can mm-hmm. I get three? Yeah, I got three. You got yeah. three, and then we just go make this thing. Let me holler at that. Yeah, on um... on my plantation because I got some land. <laughs> Listen. <laughs> well, I'm glad. I'm glad that in real life that they ended up. He ended up moving in with him because in the movie, I was really trying to figure out. Well, how how did the conversation go where he he brought him to his house? I was like, yeah, no, come and sleep over. You have to go tomorrow. Though. You're not staying here for the rest of the week. Absolutely not. Um, I'm gonna go and bribe you back to your. Uh, it was like a homeless grove. They were like yeah. these leaves that they had to go through at one point. It was. Very interesting, but I was, I was, I'm glad to hear that. But also, so after, so in the movie, he waited two years before he went to go speak to him again. Yeah. In real life, did he also wait two years before he went to go speak to him? Again? No, it was pretty much like after his wife passed away. Like, okay, he he had to move in, and they, you know, started working on the book and all that stuff. But like, so so he met him, knew he was homeless, invited him into his big ass house. Yeah. In the movie, his wife dies and he neglects him, leaves him homeless for two years. Yeah. And then was and like then goes back to find him in the street. My yeah. bad. My bad. You should have <laughs> yeah. Yeah. should have stayed. Oh. You know, it's like when uh when I don't know if they still do this, but I remember this was this used to be a thing where they would have like days at like inner city schools and then like private schools where like students would switch to like see what it's like oh yeah they and then, yeah I've, I've do, they, do they still do that they did it when i was in high school so like i mean yeah because yeah. it's just like what a fucked up thing Ow. right it's like look at all the stuff that you could have but we're not gonna put this money into your school like y'all can oh. see it for a day but they, but don't get too attached 
You know, it's like the same thing. It's like, yeah, you can come and live with us in this huge house for like mm-hmm. a night and maybe a night, maybe it's day. two. But then you got to go, you know, like you can't live because I don't think. I mean, sure. Right. Like the one thing that this movie also neglects to do is give any dimension to any of the homeless people in the sense of like. No, they're no. All, they, Carla got a three <laughs> act story. <laughs> Actually, it's Carla and the and the chef. They both tell their full stories of homelessness. Yeah, and that's it. Like we're also homeless. We were people. They tell too. their stories, but it's but it's also like they're treated as like infantile people who like they just there's there's what are they gonna do? Like there's no way that yeah. they're ever gonna get this together. Like you know, it's not even just like hard breaks of life. But like all the homeless people are pseudo children in the movie, right? Oh my like, god, the the large black guy named Tiny, the other yeah. large black guy named Killer, who Car- makes who makes the point of saying, yeah. "Don't don't you try to help us because we don't. You're one day oh. away from being homeless too." <laughs> you know, and it's just like, like I guess, but not like, really. Why are you going so hard for homelessness, bro? Like, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you banging on homelessness. You banging on homelessness. <laughs> <laughs> like his first his first rap song was I'm homeless. Yeah, no, he's he's definitely <laughs> Oh my god, of course he's gang banging. He's like, don't rescue from me from the streets. I belong I to the streets. streets. I am the streets. My name is Don't save me. I don't want to be saved. <laughs> my name is Killer. I don't want to be saved. <laughs> Me and my boy Tiny out here in the streets. <laughs> I don't want peace. I don't want peace. I want chaos and these whack ass mashed potatoes. <laughs> yeah, I don't oh, know. I mean, man. I'm not gonna. I'm gonna assume that Ron, not a good cook, right? Like, I think that he, he's probably only there to dole out <laughs> the food. Like, I don't think mm-hmm. he should be seasoning anything. Oh no, Ron! Ron did that stereotypical thing that like uh, white women in movies do, where they don't wash dishes, and they're like, "What are dishes?" <laughs> he walked in there, he was like, "Am I going to get a disease? Yuck! Dish rag? Yeah, yeah. Ew!" He was he was a he was a petty bitch for sure. He was a petty <laughs> he was so petty. He was like, "Oh no, I can't touch them with my delicate cuticles." As I, I drive for art, as I drive my Rolls Royce. In this fucking homeless shelter. Yo, the whole scene with them driving up, it was comedy because they don't show you the car. And then they show you the wide shot of this, like, you know, top down classic Cadillac. And he's driving it through the bad part of Shreveport or wherever the fuck they live. Yeah, they're and, in Texas somewhere. Oh, they're in Texas. Yeah. So, whatever fucking part of Texas they live in. <laughs> uh, and they're driving it. And he's just like, there's just like, sad downtrodden people down bad just walking all around the corners Mm -hmm. black and latino people specifically of course (laughs) and he's just like oh whoa these can't let these people touch my car should i should i put the top up should i i should keep my keys on me like he says like four different like hella comedic lines before walking in (laughs) before walking in his homeless shelter it's so sad and like if you're writing a script like about yourself, yeah, you're gonna do that to yourself. You're gonna do yourself like that. Yeah, 
<laughs> more self-respect, bro. Like, nah, I mean, if you watch videos of him, he—I don't think he—he he has very little self-awareness and shame. Oh my uh, god! I mean, <laughs> the two homeless people he met, other than you know Denver and Jim, were named Tiny and Killer. Yeah, I gotta say, okay, so this is, this is the last thing before we get to. I mean, I don't know. I don't know if we're gonna you know remake this movie but mm-hmm. this is the last day <laughs> how fucked up do you have to feel as one of the other people at the shelter that these two rich people have specifically singled out one of you <laughs> the worst one the worst one they don't fuck with any other <laughs> yeah. uh, like n- like none of, like they come they come to the shelter that could you imagine the next day right so Denver comes back from staying at their home <laughs> <laughs> and he's telling you about all the shit that they were doing, all the food that he ate, we play Monopoly? the nice bed that he slept at, you know what I mean? And you're just sitting there like, and then you got to see them the next day at the shelter where they're, they're, they're serving out these stale mashed potatoes to you. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, homeless Bob is like, <laughs> yo, man, I heard like... I heard you stayed there. What was it like? Can you know? Can I? Can homeless Bob get a night? I'm no, no. I'm busting out a window. I'm busting out a window because that's what I need to do. That's I the key. So, yeah, Every, gotta... this glass and then that glass, and I'm out, I'm in there. People started bringing in crowbars. Right, I'm bad too. I'm bad me too. Right. They call me homicide. Actually. <laughs> well, let's um, let's talk a little bit oh, about. I guess if we want to remake this movie, I'm gonna vote no. Yeah, I'm gonna vote no too. Actually, this is bullshit. <laughs> this is whack. I'm gonna revote. Re, um, revote. I'm gonna say yes because I just want to know Denver's story for real. Mm. That's the part that I'm interested in because there are a lot of open holes there. Um, there are a lot of of things that don't make sense. I feel like he had to find at least one more black friend. Uh, Who was the man in the alley that he was feeding all of a sudden? What uh, happened to that guy? Yeah, yeah. Um, like what? There's a lot, a lot of unanswered questions from his side. Um, so I would, I would remake the movie and call it like I don't know, a, a man called Denver or something like that, and just, and just go on that journey because then we can really get into you know share and how it lasted way past slavery and how crazy and fucked up that was and why he couldn't leave and how he really got a chance to leave and nothing really happened and he was shocked and then he went to Angola and somehow got out because he murdered all those people so (laughs) I want to I want to know that story like how how did you overcome and then why did you actually trust these white people when white people have been doing the worst shit to you this whole entire time like what made you say nah these white people (laughs) <laughs> well, I, I don't I don't understand it because what what part because I know it's a Christian movie yeah. where I know God is supposed to come somewhere yeah you know descend from heaven and be like okay this is why this makes sense because it happened for um for Debbie and her husband right. they they got the the descent but <laughs> I don't I don't know where Denver was like oh okay this is where this makes sense for mm. me I didn't get that part at all. Yeah, it's real weird because he was like, I knew white people once and they and they did some terrible things to me. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Literally all of his flashbacks are like, they did this to me and this to me and this to me. 
it seemed like it almost seemed like he was just like just stop following me right like if i just say yeah. yes like will yeah. you leave me alone <laughs> <laughs> because that that was kind of the vibe that i was getting from him after oh, a while because yeah i mean the really it goes from zero to a hundred this friendship where it's just kind of like never talk to me i'm a violent uh like ex-con also yeah i guess we could hang out sometimes like if you got some time literally because it's just like <laughs> yeah let's go uh i'm really like, good at it <laughs> Yeah, because well, it's wild too. Because like Denver is almost like a mascot at a certain point. Because yeah, like he's yeah. just showing up with him to do random shit. We yeah. going to the country him, club. You took him skeet shooting. Why? That's right. Like, That's why right. is he there with you? <laughs> Did you Man, I don't get these white people sports. All y'all do <laughs> waste bullets. Y'all don't kill nothing yeah. with no type of thing. Yeah, he like, said I don't use bullets unless it's for business. <laughs> <laughs> right. and you still didn't use a bullet so what you talking right. about you didn't even do it what you talking you about had a gun bro and you didn't even use it proper i so I, yeah yeah it's, yeah. it's, it's weird because we're going over this stuff but literally every moment in the movie contradicts another moment in the movie like yeah. there's there's one moment and then somewhere in the movie there's going to be something that says but why did you do that thing earlier though yeah Mm-hmm. literally every moment has its own like well why <laughs> yeah well let's 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 rank this on the cuckacity meter. god damn <laughs> <laughs> mm. so we've got we've got three levels of cuckacity oh geez cameron if you want to give us the first the first level yeah the f- oh, okay all right here we go ah, <laughs> cracked my knuckles uh so the first level cuckacity is you, you might even see it soon. It's it's shorts in the winter. It's it's, it's 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 an unusual winter. You know what I mean? Like it's not quite cold enough. It was cold earlier, and now it's kind of warming. And up now again. it's warming up. Uh, so it's it's not that. I mean, I guess I'll give you a pass for wearing shorts right now. Yeah, you could I'm wear shorts not. right now, like today, maybe tomorrow. But like yeah. in January or like you know bitter February in New York. Why are no. you wearing shorts to the bodega? Not even to the bodega. Like, don't don't expose your legs. <laughs> Why are you doing that? In in that in Atlanta, I will I'll give the um I'm from Brooklyn originally, mm. but I'm in Atlanta okay. right now. I will say that the version of that would be um yeah, no chacos, those kind of like open toes sandal mm-hmm. yep. thingies. I would say chacos in the rain. Yeah. yeah, that actually fits the bill because right, it's it's you're wearing something or doing something that is very strange. Yeah. It, it has <laughs> nothing to do with me. I'm observing and I'm seeing you like there's this harm in what you're doing, but it's yeah. only to yourself. The second level is this movie is touching my hair and that's where harm starts to get done. Right. Like, to, to us to us you know like we're minding our own business we're standing in line at mcdonald's we're on the bus waiting for the bus yeah just hanging out out of nowhere you know what i mean like a like a hitchcock movie a hand just like just a hand just a a pale (laughs) hand a pale curious hand just just zoom in tight on hands (laughs) just already in your hair before questions are asked then and, see, then it's something is being done to you. Harm is being done to you. That's right. the second level. And 
you know, it's not the worst thing that could happen, but like, please step back. You know what I mean? We need to start creating those boundaries again. Uh, the third level, I think I'll, I'll, I'll call this one is the CDC, right? Like, this is just like, (laughs) just just straight up, just like, what's the harm, right? Like, just, yeah, you know, why don't you just go outside, maybe go to work? Are you feeling a little bit sick? I don't know, like, I I heard you got a cough. I heard you got a cough. Well, it's not a strong enough cough. So just go get in there, clock on in, you'll be fine. Look, you can just you can, but you can still work a half shift, right? All right, yeah, just uh, just come on in. I right. know, I know that I know that the the variants are getting worse, but we're gonna slice that quarantine time in half yeah, no. because really, yeah, just just turn the egg timer till it won't turn no more, <laughs> and then when it goes off, yeah. go back to work. You can go back. To work. Right. there you go. You good? You good? You feel hot? You good? <laughs> but that's basically look. You know, we we know what we're doing, and we just don't give a shit. You Pretty know? much, like everybody everybody can see through this. This is like this is reckless harm writ large. Yeah, like yeah. we're just we're doing whatever we want to do. Nobody's gonna tell us any different. Where do you see this movie landing, Kalisha? It's definitely touching my hair. Um, the KKK art deco uh, scene specifically is touching my hair. Um, the slow motion uh, sword fighting is really, because the KKK don't have swords. They don't even have swords. If they were like torch fighting, maybe. But that whole part was just really like so weird. And it was pretty and it's yeah. just weird. Yeah. So I, I I felt the the violence and the, the touch in my hair. Like I didn't need to that part, that whole section was very unnecessary. And that could have been something that was just told um as an as an offshoot. But if that if that even really happened, because mm. who even knows? But <laughs> that part was hella weird. And um I don't I, to me, I don't think it's it's um I don't think it's smart enough to to do CDC levels because yeah. just some parts of it was just so disjointed for me, but um, it, it's definitely touching my follicles and I don't like it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I would say, you know, everything you could get from this movie, you could get from how much a dollar cost by Kendrick. Like, yeah. that's, you got it. Like, it's yeah. all in the song. You don't really need to watch this movie. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's true though. It's, you're not wrong. That is and, very and accurate. That has, that has Ron wow. Isley, yeah. so it's automatically better. Like yeah, you know, you're, you're making a better choice. Mm-hmm. Uh, I I mean, this kind of is like a like a shorts in the winter point five, right? Like it's mm. almost approaching touching my hair for me. It's it's so bland and yeah. like so inoffensive on purpose that it's just kind of like the the KKK scene and stuff like that is just bewildering because it's just like <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> why this is in the movie like I'm, I'm almost watching like three different movies like the first part of the movie is a very boring poorly done domestic drama yeah and then it transitions into like a hallmark movie and then it transitions into just like a very poorly done like i don't even know what the christian channel is you know, but like, like one of those, right? Yeah. Like, it's just like, I guess that is like Hallmark. That is the same. Yeah. But even like, I mean, cause all of these Christian movies do have a very 
generic streak of just like what's the problem jesus solved it you know what i mean like, what is, what's your issue <laughs> god you know what i mean like don't even think about it yeah you don't you don't even really have to do anything because god will sort it out for you he got you, you. believe enough right yeah and that's kind of how it goes with this so it's just like i don't know who Kawhi. i mean we talk about this all the time I don't know what white people feel when they watch these movies. I don't know what they're thinking when they watch these movies. I can't really call it, but like, mm, mm. I can't imagine anybody watching this movie and coming away from it with anything other than just like ambivalence. You know what I mean? Like, if I, I guess if this movie charges you up to like volunteer, good, I guess. Yeah. But, yeah. You know, like, as as any commentary on like a race in America, no, no thanks. Uh, Cameron, yeah. what about you? Yeah, you know what? I think you guys make a good point that this movie is not smart enough to be like doing real damage. It's not really doing damage, honestly. It's not belittling the black characters, but it is like toting them around like they are mascots. And I feel well, like it's a, it's a racing like the real life the real life pain of racism yeah. of systemic racism because yeah. it it minimal it minimizes his actual like strife his actual like the the strife he's gone through in order to yeah. become homeless where or put that put him where he is right yeah so like you know he does live this hard life he does he is in contact with the kkk he's you know experienced firsthand that that kind of pain is like actual, actually real for a lot of people in the South. Yeah, for sure. It's mm-hmm. generational for a lot of people in the South too. And it kind of minimizes it as a plot device to just like make him into an angry person or to just like have made him into an angry person by, you know, the time he's 60 or whatever age he is at the point in the movie. Yeah. At present day in the movie. So it, I wanted to be annoyed and like I guess like the <laughs> I, I would be angry if this movie was actually like trying to come at me but it's not even like fully formed enough to do that it's mostly just annoying and bad and boring and like yeah. there's nothing worse than a boring movie for sure I mean and again two hours really uh, two out two, two hours unnecessary yo that I'll, is violence and that is a violent act you gotta <laughs> I have, I've had this conversation with uh several you know cinema file friends of mine uh that movies should earn two hours you know like you gotta earn two hours a, a movie yeah. should be an hour and a half right that's a general movie basic comedy basic drama hour and a half you can get your point across 90 minutes 100 minutes max Two hours is like an epic. <laughs> I don't yeah. think people understand that two hours yeah. is like an epic story. Like it's a well, big I, two. Yeah. And in Korean film, Asian film, two hours is four different stories, and they all make and, sense. Yeah. And they all make sense once, and you're mm-hmm. you're wowed by the end of it. Yeah. And mm-hmm. in America, like three hours is the epic film. You know. Right. So you're already treading in that territory. Who said you have? the clout to get there bro this is your first movie and you already like pulling your balls out like 
Come on, man. Like, it, pull your pants Listen, up, bro. If the two hours, if the two hours wasn't just long, awkward stares at some point, then I guess it would make more sense. But there, watching this, I'm like, y'all could have made this shorter. Edit this part out. Mm-hmm. Uh, your boy's just looking out the window a there's lot, just staring. There's literally three whole minutes, maybe four whole minutes of Renee Zellweger goes up to goes to find Denver in his alleyway. She yeah. gives him a blanket. And then he puts the blanket on her and they both cry. And that's yep. the scene. There's <laughs> not a word cry. said, not a single uh. word is uttered and you have to watch it all. And like the whole them crying part is like a solid two and a half minutes. Just yep. a, a two shot of them sitting on a couch. Yep. Reckless behavior. Outside. Outside. <laughs> When you could be inside, if you yep. have you left your warm home. Take him home to go find. Take don't, him into the house inside. inside. Give, him, Give him some food. <laughs> Put a point five on that blanket. Give him a bed, bro. Yes. Uh, well, let's 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 get to some stuff that people should probably watch <laughs> instead. Anything. Um, God damn. Yeah. I, Any I'm, I'm going to say you know like it doesn't have to be anything pertaining to the subject matter of this movie yeah i'm gonna recommend i just started watching south side which is mm-hmm. a very, Ooh, very oh. funny show yes um you know i'm i'm late to the party but i'm I'm glad that i'm here how far are it you is, look, I, I know this is personal just, business but <laughs> i watched the first three episodes um, oh yeah so you're in start. for it you got you yeah, got so much so, so much fun ahead of you yeah it's a very it's a, it's not only just a very funny show, but it's one of those shows where I think if you are used to stuff like Community or The Office or shows where like the comedy, even like something like Thirty Rock, I think like yeah. the comedy is so sharp, right? That yeah. like it's not even that everything is a joke, but the way that the jokes layer and like bounce off each other, like it's mm-hmm. it's it's all very natural right like nothing seems forced like these seems like actual conversations that real people would have but like injected <laughs> but injected also... with it just yeah there's like there's a heightened sense of reality yeah it's everything. just like you know what i mean 0.5 percent more bizarre yeah you know so like even the situations it's i mean even like atlanta right like where atlanta gets into like just like a weird like yeah surrealist they get know, straight up surrealist and bizarre in yeah. atlanta yeah but even like the Atlanta episode with uh the barber and yeah. he's just driving around like that's <laughs> Ooh, man that's just oh, like man. That's Bibby. Just, that <laughs> I love Bibby. That's just shout, that's shout that's out a to point Bibby. five. Yeah. But that's reality point five, right? Like that's yeah. just like there's a real thing happening at the center of that. It's just turned up to, you know, it's just a little bit more. And I feel like that's the first couple of like the last episode I saw was um the one where uh the one cop buys that home that has like the the old civil rights uh oh my God. in it. That's <laughs> that's one of the best scenes in that show is when she's like, I'm a I'ma get you a house and we're gonna do the paperwork. Uh you know, you you're like one of my favorite civil rights leaders. It's like, well, yeah. you know, you you could and then she turns on her and she's like, Well, you could never be Coretta Scott King. And she's like, Well, I knew it has Retta. And she always thought she was funny, but she never made me laugh. And then <laughs> the cop takes out her gun. She's like, you wish you could be Coretta Scott King. And then she puts the gun to her forehead. And she's like, 
the bitch wasn't funny. <laughs> wow. I swear to God, I've never laughed that hard. <laughs> I've never laughed harder at anything that I did at that scene. That so that Which was episode the, was that? I missed that. I episode. think that's the third episode. Yeah, I think that's like third or fourth. I gotta yeah. go back. Yeah. So y'all not in uh, um season two just yet? I know. Yeah, that's I'm, I'm caught up. up to it. Oh man, the, season the, woo, season the two. The party promoter episode is like. How, how, how do you how do you just like mind black how's black culture not been mined like this you know mm. like I, i'm no spoilers for the party promoter episode but the idea of like the city's best party promoter trying to put together like the function of a lifetime mm. and it's like got every like thing that black people know about the club and it. it's so <laughs> hilarious it's so good so good that, so that would be my pick is watch watch Southside. It's all yeah. both seasons I think are on HBO Max now. So do it. Mm-hmm. Uh Kalisha, what about you? Um, I would probably say um, like Cameron said, literally anything <laughs> instead of this. <laughs> um I'm I'm also watching Southside as well. I'm I would probably say if you want to watch something that makes you feel good. Um, check out Abbott Elementary, oh, uh, Quinta Brenton's new oh, show. Another one. And just like, you know, take all of your, take all of your, your time there mm-hmm. because it's fun. It is, um, hella relatable. You can see, see relatable across racial mm-hmm. lines because everybody has gone to a crazy public school. Everybody has that one principal that doesn't do a damn thing, <laughs> <laughs> a damn thing. So um, I, I prefer that. That one is is definitely more uh, universal. I see that bringing more people together. Yep. I see that possibly even changing lives mm-hmm. in some kind of way. Um, might even shine a light on the school system, you know, in real life. You know, what exactly do our public schools look like today based on what, you know, she is bringing to light? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, because definitely not that but abba <laughs> elementary absolutely and i will say just just so we have it on record i know everybody calls him everybody hates chris like that's oh we gotta stop <laughs> his, doing that to him unofficial name his name is tyler james williams <laughs> we love you tyler <laughs> i just i just wanted to, to, to shout that out because i know that we even did that on the last episode black people will do that <laughs> black people if we don't know your name we will call you the thing you're in you look, Look, my man, I don't I really don't know his name. He is all state guy. Like he's just all state. Like it's yeah, it's just that's who Oh, he I is call forever. Oh, he was in a wait until his I know. <laughs> he <laughs> was. <That's what> <laughs> <laughs> that so man's name movies. is Dennis Haysbert. He has a name too. <laughs> but oh, black nah. people will call him all state. You know, um uh all state. You know what I'm talking about. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely know who I'm talking about. Like, yeah. I saw you him know talking about. Right. Yeah, you know yeah, exactly who I'm right. talking about. <laughs> yeah. It's not like they're talking about somebody else. Like they are, it's the correct person. It's just they don't know their name. Oh man. <laughs> Cameron, what about what's your pick? Um oh, I oh, I actually have a, a Christian movie that's Ooh. pretty good. Um okay. The Preacher's Wife. Ah, uh, <laughs> okay. yeah. Well, all right. Yeah. <laughs> it's like a it's a classic. It's great. Yeah. It's Denzel Washington, Whitney Houston. Mm-hmm. If you don't know it by now. Do it yesterday. It's a great holiday movie. Yeah. Banger soundtrack, by the way. Oh, yeah. Banger, mm-hmm. banger gospel soundtrack with some of Whitney's best like pop hits on it, too. Mm-hmm. Like what? I Believe in You and Me is on that. 
get out of yep. here. That's up there. That's top five with me. <laughs> mm-hmm. So yeah, it's a great Christian movie, has a great message. It even deals with loss, deals with grief, deals with the church. And it doesn't feel, and even though it's a fantasy, it doesn't feel fake. Yeah. And it deals with infidelity and because it, the way that Whitney and Denzel, <laughs> come on now. They was, they were, listen. I was worried for your boy Courtney B. Vance in the movie. <laughs> Me too. Because like, Whitney and Denzel look amazing together. And I was like, if they wanted to. Hey, they Courtney, really you might have to step aside. Something mm. might have to happen. Preacher's uh. <laughs> <laughs> Wife is a 10 out of 10. See oh, it yeah. yesterday. Yeah. Classic. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, I, again, like I said at the beginning of this, I think we talked about same kind of different as me more than anybody has ever talked yeah. about this movie wow. since it came out. And uh, you know, like, just it's it's another one that like it's on Amazon and like it's on other streaming services. So like, somehow for some reason it is readily available. Yeah, some movies you this movie. you couldn't get if you tried. I know. And this movie and this is just, one, like, just like, ooh, pick me, ooh, pick me. Mm-hmm. But, Kalisha, thank you so much for joining us. This has been great. Kalisha, this has um, been awesome. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you for having me. This was so much fun. Yeah. Sure. Let everybody know where they can find you on the internet, what projects you're working on, all that good stuff. Yeah, yeah. So, um, speaking of projects, I'm actually in the middle of uh, feverishly editing uh, a video right now. Yes, yes. Um, uh one of my clients that I've had before, she um, basically cuts hair and they submit it to like these hair-brained video awards. Mm-hmm. And um, you can't vote on it, but they have a panel. So the last time we submitted, we um, got nominated. Nice. So now we're trying to win. So um, that's the project I'm working on right now, literally due tomorrow. Right. Um, but yeah, outside of that, you can find me on um, Instagram, Kalisha, C-A-L-I-S-H-A underscore cool. Um, that has all my random video stuff on it. I have a, a web series called The Cost of Living that I finished um, not too long ago. Um, that's my first attempt at a web series. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So don't judge me too harshly, mm-hmm. but I'm glad that I did it and completed it, wrote it, yeah. wrote it, um, shot a good bit of it with a great team, edited it by myself, <laughs> which was crazy. Um, but it's out there on my Instagram. Yes. And then on Twitter, I believe I am also a Kalisha Cool. I have to check, yeah, though, yeah. because, you know, every once in a while, <laughs> things change. But <laughs> um, but but yes, I, I think I'm literally on try, trying to figure out what my Twitter handle is. <laughs> Sometimes I don't know. It's completely cool. <laughs> it's like, I, I just, I be on here, but I don't. Oh, yes. So it's Kalisha Cool, no underscore, just right, Kalisha right. Cool. Awesome. Yes. For sure. Karen, what about you? Uh, yes, on the Twitters, I did just forget my own handle. Oh. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> uh, we, we the Blipster eleven thirty eight on Twitter and uh, Instagram. Uh, hopefully, Fernie and Luca coming to a film festival near you. Yeah. Uh, in the meanwhile, catch my sketch comedy team to Karen with Love on YouTube and instagram um and hopefully making stuff in 2022 hopefully yeah. making some stuff i want to i want to get some some internet content out there manifest it yeah um, yeah and i'm jordan clark you can see me on instagram and twitter at jrsosa18 jrsosa18 
comic stuff is coming. Uh, news should be coming soon. I've got several different things in the works, so hopefully I'll be able to freely talk about that on here soon. But <laughs> yeah, besides that, like, thank you guys so much for listening. As always, if you want to subscribe or rate or you know just tell people about us, you can find us wherever you get your podcasts. If you want to write into us, uh, we're always always happy to receive those emails from y'all or you know whatever. Whether it's good or bad, whatever you want to send us, <laughs> you can send it to uh, white people won't save you pod at gmail.com. I'm just, I'm waiting for white people to figure out that this is a thing. <laughs> <laughs> they they won't day, know. They won't know. One day the dam is going to break and then like that email is just going to be like all the random. <laughs> hmm. What are, well, then, and, what are you doing? What are you doing? But you know, and then that will be a segment on the show. We'll just read emails. <laughs> That'll be a great mailbag. So That'll be a great you know, mailbag. So yeah, help us help us create content. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Ooh, I do have one final thought. Oh, yeah. on the Go film. for it. Okay. The last scene, as you were talking about um uh Debbie dancing with her husband, and then like, all right, Denver, you come on too, and then and then, yeah. and then <laughs> dancing together. In the moonlight, I was kind of like, you know what? I wonder if this is a euphemism for a threesome. Mm. Yep. She was about to die. <laughs> and she saw him in her dream. And her husband did say, that's her dream guy. So. Yeah. You know what, too, though? Like, Debbie <laughs> had every right. Because she's like, yo, I forgave you for that other shit. Yep. I gave you I'm saying. permission to do whatever after I'm, you know what I mean? So like, I saw him swinging that back. You know? <laughs> <laughs> Want to bust a I window think, I think myself. we've reached the end. <laughs> I, mean, I think we've, I think we've done it for this episode. <laughs> thank, thank you everybody for listening and we'll oh, see y'all next week. Later. <laughs> You can't save us. We don't want to be saved. You can't save us. We don't want to be saved. You can't save us. We don't want to be saved. You can't save us. We don't want to be saved. You can't save us. We don't want to be saved. You can't save us. We don't want to be saved. You can't save us. We don't want to be saved. You can't save us. We don't want to be saved.